the reasons behind Wichita's plan to close six schools. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, an artist takes a whimsical approach to her newest works. Just a year or so ago, I was thinking I wanted to do something simpler. Just have some fun. But first, the Wichita School Board will vote Monday on whether to approve a plan that would close six schools. The move would require about 2,200 students to attend new schools next August. Plus, employees from the vacated schools would have to find jobs elsewhere in the district. Here to talk about the vote and explain why this is happening now is KMUW education reporter Suzanne Perez. Hi, Tom. So the district wants to close two middle schools and four elementary schools to help close a roughly $40 million budget deficit. How did we get here? Well, basically, it's a perfect storm of circumstances. So we have declining enrollment in the Wichita district. We have older buildings that are aging and the end of that federal COVID relief that helped a lot of districts out. So the Wichita district was built for about 63,000 students. And right now it currently has only about 47,000 the average age of school buildings is about 60 years old. As a consultant told the district recently, some are historic and some are just old. So they need a lot of work. There's about $1.2 billion in uh, deferred maintenance all across the district. So there's those are things like roofs and HVAC systems and even secured entrances. Four of the six schools that would close are south of Kellogg. How were they selected? Now, Superintendent Kelly Bielefeld says he looked at all kinds of factors, including a school's enrollment over time, whether it's declined significantly, its condition, and then whether nearby schools really had room for more students. Uh, Teachers union reps, though, have voiced concern about how these schools were chosen. Most are really high poverty schools. Uh, Michael Harris of United Teachers of Wichita says the district has taken a just-trust-us approach. Without full transparency, there's a palpable fear that these decisions may inadvertently target the very families least equipped to voice their opposition, those working tirelessly across multiple jobs to support their loved ones. The board held listening sessions and a public hearing that's required by state law, but the process is really being fast-tracked. Is this problem that Wichita is facing unique to the school district here, or are we seeing this pop up elsewhere around the country? It is definitely not unique to Wichita. So districts all across the country are facing similar enrollment declines, especially urban districts. Kansas City, Kansas closed several school buildings, and even the Lawrence District closed four elementary schools last year. And there are districts really all over the state closing schools. The district has said repeatedly that no employees will lose their jobs if the school's closed. So where will the savings come from? That's right. The district leader's mantra throughout this process has been people over places, meaning the closures are really the only way to avoid massive job cuts. Um, Schools slated for closure are under capacity and really inefficient to run. So the savings are going to come from consolidating those buildings and staffs. Could the district find itself having to close more schools in the future? Yes. uh, The district hired consultants called Cooperative Strategies, and they are supposed to present a plan in May that's a more long-term look at the district's facilities and give some advice. Those consultants have already hinted at more possible closings and consolidations. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you. 
When people think of the mid-century modern style, they likely envision architecture and household decor. But that period also includes art. Margie Sweeten is working to capture some of the nostalgia from that era in her latest paintings, as she explained to Torn Anderson for this month's artworks. Uh, right now, I am working on um, an exterior. It is. Uh, I'm working on the chimney area. As you can hear, I'm using a paint pen. And um, I'm filling in an area of the, the chimney, which is a couple of shades of gray. Um, we've got some some bricks in the, the chimney here, of course, and um, I'm just filling in all the mortar areas. This is a work in progress of a mid-century modern style home, an era known for its future-centric leanings. Well, this is just uh, the outside view of house, and um, there's a few rockets going up and down in the background. <laughs> There'll probably be a kitty cat or a dog outside with his little, his little uh, breathing helmet on, <laughs> you know? Previously, Margie Sweeten had been doing patient, complex, and highly detailed work from a different and much older era. I was doing Celtic work for quite a number of years, and um, the intricacy and everything of it was very meditative. And just a year or so ago, I was thinking I wanted to do something simpler and um, just have, have some fun. These works translate as fun. Bright colors, off angles, and plenty of movement decorate the works on board that are not much larger than a piece of paper. So I started doing a few uh, mid-century pieces. I started throwing Atomic Age stuff in there also, <laughs> you know, with, with, you know, like, the world of tomorrow, <laughs> you know, with rockets and flying saucers and things I kind of cross over uh, because I, I liked the, the black cats in the Atomic Age, too. You know, just the real simple, like, Felix the Cat kind of thing. There are consistent motifs on the pieces, but nothing repeating. Interiors have record players and quirky furniture, and the exteriors have rockets and fantasy skylines. Um, I have a little space piece here that, um, it's called the Galaxy Diner. There is a little, little diner here in space with lots of stars around it, a couple of planets. And there's a couple of uh, spaceships, one's parked next to it, and uh, one's coming in for landing. Sweeten prefers to find herself in the moment. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm going to do next. But <laughs> I usually don't have the end image in mind when I'm, when I'm doing this. For The Range, I'm Torin Anderson. Torin Anderson explores the local art scene every first Friday in Artworks. You can find past episodes at kmuw.org. And one last thing. I was cleaning out my car last weekend before I traded it in. I found an old Rand McNally road atlas, some foldable paper maps like you used to get at the gas station, pens that didn't work, CD cases with no CDs, and a Ziploc bag full of face masks that my friend Peggy made for me and my family. The pandemic seemed so oddly distant, but it was only four years ago this month that the U.S. declared a national emergency. Four years ago, that Kansas closed all of its schools, that bars and restaurants turned off their lights, that sporting events and concerts and plays were canceled.
It was a strange time of isolation and worry. It's a time I don't miss. I threw the face mask in the trash. Sorry, Peggy. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, and Beth Goulet. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW NPR for Wichita. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.